on radio, streaming live on investtalk.com, and for our podcast subscribers. This is Invest Talk, above average investing for the average investor. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. And now, KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. And we're moving pretty fast to the fourth quarter. I mean, we're halfway through the month already. Uh, first month of the quarter, anyways. And to quote a familiar cliche, the end of the year will be here before you know it. And it will be. Now, looking back over the past year, it's been a pretty wild ride for everybody, for all us investors, anyways. And, I mean, it is unheard of to completely shut down your economy. And did you hear the, the WHO, WHO representative saying that Maybe that wasn't a very good idea. <laughs> Those guys, I mean, they said it was, that's not what they said months ago when we shut it down. But, geez, it just, it just is, it's just been a crazy year. What can I tell you? And therefore, volatility in the market. And we've all had to learn to compensate. And we're still going to have more. It's not going away. We might calm down next year. You know, it uh, depends on what goes on with the COVID and those kinds of things and the vaccine and I think we're going to have it. I see treatments are coming on pretty well. Uh, there are certain things that are working well. And so I, I can just see us getting over this, finally uh, putting some of the, most of this COVID worry behind us sometime later next year. So it's going to take time, no matter what. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to your financial money questions, uh, you can ask questions about insurance and 401ks, IRA, anything financial we'll talk about. Okay, and we're going to, I'll help you with some strategies if you want. And of course, this is a call in show, so you need to call in and ask your questions, anything financial, 888 chart. The market did give some back today. The Dow was down 158. The NASDAQ was down only 12. Remember, the NASDAQ was up like 3% yesterday. And the, the SP was down 22. So, this is really pretty minuscule moves and meaning, meaningless, really, in the scheme of things. So we know we got, what, three weeks away from the presidential election? We'll see if the market... You know, the, the investors are not going to care. The market's not going to care who wins. The market's going to go up no matter who wins. So you as an investor don't freak out no matter who wins. You'll be fine. Okay? Okay. Well, you can already hear that we have a busy informational packed day. We do. We have it on every day in this show. So let's go ahead and get right to our first caller. Hey, guys. This is RJ from South Jersey. I just wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol VDE. It's the Vanguard Energy ETF. I was thinking about buying some shares and holding through to January in hopes of a recovery in prices with the coming winters. So uh, I'd love to know what you guys think. Love the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. Thanks again. Bye. Okay, this is Vanguard Energy ETF. ETF seeking performance corresponding to the uh, MSCI US uh, Energy 20-50 index. So it's tracking an index on energy. I don't know exactly what's in that index. Uh, 
my personal preference is not to buy an, an ETF uh, in the energy sector, but to buy some of the big energy companies because they pay a huge dividend. Now, this does too. This pays a dividend of 6.4%. But if you look at the lar world's largest energy company, it pays a 10.2% dividend. So um, if I had a choice, I'd pick that uh, or pick several of the big energy companies rather than the ETF in this situation. Normally, I would suggest the ETF because you get instant diversification. But in this case, I'm thinking, man, I certainly like the dividends we're seeing. And we're at the bottom of the cycle for these big companies. So that would be my preference. Okay, everybody, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and the long, hot summer 2020 is now history, even though it's kind of hot out here in Southern California. So we're in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, and you would think we wouldn't be hot, but it is. And the end of the year, we'll be here faster than many of us think. Now, in the markets, there's still plenty of volatility. So for investors, the need to remain vigilant and is still crucial. And without a doubt, we must learn to manage our fear and greed. That's the two emotions that drive everybody, drives the whole market, fear and greed. You've got to control those emotions. So we, we, we can all can do better managing the risk, balancing or rebalancing our portfolios. That job requires information and strategies. I hope you have those. And you can deal with the volatility. You can. So we should talk about it. Your participation, is important. your participation is important. It's a very important part of the mix of the show. So I'm taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. What a difference a year makes. A pandemic, financial shutdown, and market volatility. You've got finance and investment questions, and Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hi, um, my name is Jen. I had a question about IRAs and 401ks and other retirement accounts. And I was wondering what your take on IUL or an index universal life is compared to an IRA, Roth IRA, or 401k. Thank you. Okay, they're two different animals. IRA, 401k, those things are types of accounts. The universal life is, is not a type of account. Okay, you can buy that universal life inside a 401k. So if you had a 401k or an IRA, you can buy a universal life policy or, you know, an that's track, tracking an index. So it's not a type of account. It's a universal life policy. That is an insurance policy masquerading as an investment, okay? Whereas an IRA is a type of account, a retirement account, where you can put money in it and buy whatever assets you want from it that, with that money. Now, so I don't care for universal life, whole life insurance. If you need insurance, I always suggest term life. Um, and I don't like universal life and whole life. I don't like their... their uh, they're marketing as an investment vehicle when you can do better by just buying the index yourself. They're, you know, they're just buying an index, and theirs is much costlier because it's a life insurance policy, a universal life, a whole life policy. So I, I would 
Oh, you know, I would prefer you stick with term life, put the money, the difference in premium into an IRA or, you know, invest it somewhere from the IRA. That's what I would suggest. Okay, uh, my focus point today concerns a story. How much retirement money should you have saved by age 60? And I bet most of you don't have enough. A TD Ameritrade report um, has revealed that 28% of adults aged 40 to 79 with at least 25,000 investable assets have less than $50,000 in retirement savings. $50,000. That is not enough. Come up and show, I'll give you my guidelines on this subject. Other topics I want to talk to, if we can get to before the end day, I want to talk about Social Security benefits. They're going up next year. Do you see how much they're going up? Be prepared. Apple, they had a big uh, event today. They had offered four new phones. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit. And sectors likely to have very good earnings this earnings season. We are getting hot and heavy in sectors that will have very good earnings. Remember I mentioned uh, mentioned before where we have a kind of a bifurcated uh, economy where you know, like airline industry, hotel industry, restaurant industry is going down the tubes, but other sectors are not, are, are really going up fast. So which one of those sectors will maybe get to that? Okay? So what do you guys want to talk about? 888-99 Charter is my number. 888. Let's go ahead and slip another caller question in. Again, the number 888-99 Chart. Hi guys, it's Alejandro here from Virginia. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys about a new stock here that I've been investing in and wanted to get your thoughts on it moving forward. Um, it's ticker symbol PACB. It's Pacific Biosciences. And um, basically, it's done really good this month of September and beginning week of October. Wanted to see what you guys think of it. It did get a recent new price target, which has also boosted it. Before this, had pretty much traded sideways. That's why I was a little worried about it. But it looks like they've done some changes uh, within the company this year. Yeah, just wanted to see what you guys think of it. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing from you guys in the podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay, this is Pacific Biosciences in uh, California. Uh, it develops um, developed an integrated platform which it records single molecular events in real time for genetic analysis. Boy, that's a little too specific for me. Um, it's a $2 billion company. It has never made money except this year they're supposed to make $0.21 cents a share. First time ever. Next year, they're going to lose $0.44 cents a share. So you know what I think about that. It's a $13.95 stock. It was around $5, $6. It got as low as $2.30 in late March. Okay. Um, and now it's shot up to almost $14. Okay. You're chasing this one. It's already too late. You know, it doesn't make enough money. It's going to make $0.21 cents a share. You give that what? A 20 PE, it's only a $4 stock. Give it 100 PE. 100 PE and 21 cents. $21 stock, it's at $13.95. So 50 PE is 11. See, and, and it's going to lose money next year. So how are you going to value it then? Evaluate it based on losing money. I don't know. It's not for me. Um, it's too risky. And I had a really good day today, and it's overbought up 
6%. That's what these kinds of stocks do. They can really do really well or they can really tank on you. So it's just a bit too risky for my blood. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story that asks how much retirement money should you have saved by the age 60? How much? And I mentioned that most people have uh, less than $50,000. So how much should you have? What's a good ballpark? Well, uh, it, this has been bandied about for some time now. It's about eight times your annual income saved by the time you're 60 years old. So if you make $100,000 a year, it's $800,000. You make $50,000 a year, it's $400,000. It's pretty, uh, 400 times eight, $320,000. Pretty simple stuff, right? Now, what if you don't have it? Well, you're going to have to deal with reality when you do approach retirement. You know, most people, most people don't retire voluntarily. Many people are forced out of the war, out of job. That was a statistic I read three or four years ago that most people age 65 or older don't necessarily retire voluntarily. So you may not continue to be able to continue to work. You've got to think of those terms. Think in those terms. So what can you do? Well, one of the key things you have to do before you retire is pay off your debt. You've got to have, in retirement, no debt. You just can't afford it. You don't. You don't live. You don't have. A, if you're retired, you don't have an active income. So you're relying on Social Security and your investments. That's it. Maybe part-time job, if you have to. Maybe a full-time, low-paying job. You don't know. I, many people can't do what they were doing, you know, after a certain age. Can't. Can you be a roofer at 70 years old? Probably not. So you got those kinds of issues, everybody. So another thing you should do is put away some emergency fund money. You have to. Okay. On the next Invest Talk, what can we learn from Disney's business unit restructuring plans? COVID-19 is setting a tidal wave through American business and time, and the Walt Disney Company is reacting by reorganizing, reorganizing its content groups. That story is going to be tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it at 888-99-CHART. Now's the best time. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Steve, podcast listener from Europe. Thank you for the show. I have a question about building a portfolio of individual stocks. So right now I'm in my 40s. I have most of my retirement savings in a tax-deferred account covering broad uh, international market indices. Over the next few years, I'm expecting an influx of cash, about 50000 each year on a given date. And I'm wondering how to best go about that if I want to build with that a diversified portfolio of individual stocks. I heard you in the past 
recommend that you should maybe have about 30 positions. Uh, would it make sense to, let's say, build 10 of those in the first year, then when I get more cash, another 10 in the following year, and another 10 the year after? Or should I try to get to about 30 positions quite quickly and then increase and rebalance them over time if I have more cash available? Thanks. Uh, looking forward to your answer on the show. Well, there's nothing wrong with the 10-10-10 uh, plan, but that first 10 probably need to be core blue-chip type stocks, not risky positions, if you're only going to buy 10 in the first year. Um, we like to buy 3%. That's generally what we do, buy 3% of any one position. But you can buy 5% of a position, 5% of your portfolio, and you have to kind of put it in your head of a $150,000 portfolio and you know because you said fifty thousand for three years, and then buy that way. But but you, there's nothing wrong as long as there's no trading costs with buying uh, all the positions in the first year. Just don't buy them all at one time. You know there's you can't find thirty stocks right now today. These are the ones I'm going to buy. That's kind of unusual. So you you got to take your time. Don't be in a big rush. Um, depending on when you get that fifty thousand, I think next year is going to be at least start off pretty good historically speaking that it has been that it's had been the first six months after a presidential election is usually a pretty positive so you know you can start off with that but you know it it, it long as you know what it is just set up a strategy make sure it is sound strategy and then just work for it, work for it work toward that strategy work toward it okay from time to time, I think it's important to remind listeners that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success. And this is, a, this is very good for our listeners and clients. We do. We do offer that. We offer unbiased guidance. I practice parallel investing. What does that mean? I invest in strategies and stocks and bonds the same as my clients. Same price, same percentage for the portfolios. You know, so that I ride along with my clients. If, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong for myself and my clients. If I'm right, we're all benefit. I like that. I put my money where my mouth is. I encourage you to take advantage of our offer to provide uh, a free portfolio review and assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. Preston, Justin and I do that quite you know, often. You can send us a message through investtalk.com, an email. We'll answer it. Or you can call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. And there's no obligation. You can call and we'll talk. You don't, there's no, I'm, there's no pressure on my side. We don't do that. We can help you. We want to help you. We do. So let's go ahead and grab another caller question from our Talk Voice Bank. This came in from Maryland. Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is Mary. I'm calling from Silver Spring, Maryland. My question is in regards to Heritage Property Symbol. SRG. This is a company spun off Sears. You see the stock price is down by over 50% since COVID and was wondering if you think it's a good buy for long-term investment. Listen to your response on the podcast. Thank you so much. RG, Frank Robert George. Um, that does not sound, that's, that's a franchise group, Inc., S-R-G. Okay. Okay. Heritage Growth. Okay, got it. Got it, everybody. 
SRG. Okay, that's a REIT, real estate investment trust. So therefore, you know, whenever I say that, you know, it's dealing with properties in one way, shape or another, properties, mortgages, some kind of real estate that owns 212 retail properties located in 44 states and Puerto Rico with uh, 33.4 million square feet. Okay, so it's a retail property company. They're going to lose $1.49 this year. They lost $0.43 cents a share last year. They're going to lose $1.01 a share next year. So there's there's no reason to buy this company. First of all, it's retail. I don't know what kind of retail is located. You know, I, I don't know if it's like strip malls, big big companies. Uh, you know, what are what kind of retail is it? Big box stores? I don't know from what I'm what I see here, but it doesn't really matter. Think about the competition. It's online. Everything is about online. What kind of what kind of retail are they doing? One kind, but I would suggest you stay away from uh, retail properties in general. Not all, but in general. Okay, we are very busy. We are in a very busy IPO season. Unless you are a big buck investor, IPOs can be a dangerous gamble. But every now and then, there are some big winners. So, as we go to break, here's my trivia question: I am thinking of a company that went public in mid 2016. Amid one of the driest patches in the tech IPO market, the company has had a remarkable share value increase since its IPO. So can you name the company I'm thinking about? And how much is its shares have appreciated in four years? I'll have the answer for you after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to invest. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. 
In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Love to talk to you. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question. Okay, it was about IPOs. Uh, so, uh, I'm thinking of a company that started the IPO at mid-2016. It was uh, one of the driest periods of IPOs for tech companies at the time. And uh, it's had a really good run. So, can, can you name the company I'm thinking of? Uh, and what happened after four years? Okay. Here's the answer. For all intents and purposes, IPOs are about building a war chest in order to continue expanding a business, building a new business. And it also allows the initial founders of the company to cash some of the, cash in some of their gains from all the hard work they put in to build the company from the ground up. So they also can be very dangerous. Okay. Uh, Twilio is the American cloud communications platform as a service company based in San Francisco. Twilio allows software developers to programmatic, programmatically Make and receive phone calls, send and receive texts, messages, perform other communication functions using the web service API, APIs. Twilio, symbol T-W-L-O. They came out public at $15 a share. The first trade was at $23.99. That was June 23, 2016. Today, Twilio is $338.97. Okay, so it was a super surger. Okay, it really did well. Most IPOs don't operate that way, but these are the kind of IPOs that gets everybody excited and think they can find that next Apple, Amazon, Twilio, uh, Netflix, um, um, Tesla. Everybody thinks they can find that next one. It's a lot harder than you think. A lot harder because there's so many IPOs out there that are failures. So just be cautious. Okay, be cautious of IPOs. Don't buy IPOs. I suggest you don't buy. You wait six months after the IPO to come out because it takes that long. The insiders can start selling at six months, and usually most IPOs go down after six months, down from their IPO price. Most of them do. Then you have the winners like the Twilio's and Amazon's. And the Teslas, you know, that don't do that. Now, I've told you that we get caller questions from all over the world. Here's proof. This call came from Dubai. Hi, this is Fadi calling from uh, Dubai. I'm a big fan of your podcast. 
I have a question about EDS, Alliance Data Systems. Um, I bought it some time back around uh, $47. It went up to 66 but then went down uh, to around the 30s. So now it's starting to come back up. I wanted to know what's your opinion. Should I wait for it or should I sell it since it's at the same original price I bought it at? Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Thank you so much. ADS, everybody. Uh, Allianz Data Systems Corp. provides transactional credit and marketing services to over 400 co consumer-based businesses worldwide. $2.3 billion company. The sales have been pretty tough, you know, probably because of COVID. They shrank 27% in the June quarter. So we'll be have we're getting the third quarter earnings here shortly. They make money. They've always made money. They've made money for years. They're going to make $6.70 this year after making $16.70 last year. Next year, they'll recover to $11.82, and it's a $50 stock. Okay, so that means it's really inexpensive. It bottomed around $24 a share or so, $22 a share or so, and now it's 50 so I think you hold on to it. I think the company's solid. Uh, the worry I have is it has a lot of debt. They took a $404 million charge for a loan loss due to COVID-19. So, you know, they're just suffering because of this COVID. And I, as I told you, I think we're going to come out of this COVID next year. But I think we will have a vaccine, two or three vaccines, or treatments worldwide the, the world will recover, and this kind of company should recover. Its high was two hundred and seventy, no, three hundred dollars in two thousand fourteen. Three hundred dollars a share. So, this tells you. I mean, it's eleven dollars and eighty-two cents next year. And it's a fifty-dollar stock. Five PE. The range is one to eighteen. Turn equity is huge at forty-four. Cash flow is huge at twenty-two dollars a share. It's the debt that worries me a little. ADS is a symbol, everybody. 888-99-CHART. Social Security benefits are going to rise. And we're just announced. They're rising next year. They're going to rise 1.3%. That's going to add, add about 20 bucks to the average Social Security benefit. An average Social Security benefit is like $1,523 a, a month. Going to go to $1,543. Ooh, 20 bucks, but inflation's 1.3%, so it's pretty mild. Well, how do they collect How do they calculate that inflation? Well, they use the CPI number, and they go from Q3 of 2019 to Q3 of 2020, and they use CPI, Consumer Price Index. That's an inflation number. Okay, also, the maximum individual individual. Uh, salary that's taxed with Social Security. In other words, you make this much money, they're going to pay. You're going to have to pay Social Security benefits. If you make over that money, you stop having to pay. Okay, uh, it really is going to rise from 137,700 to 142,800. So, what that means is you pay Social Security taxes up until you make uh, you exceed 142,800. Then they stop, then they start again the following year. And that's been that way forever since this, since I've known that this is that they've been collecting Social Securities instead of taxes. So just to give you an update, that's what's happening. So 
you know, you can argue that inflation numbers are wrong or right. You can argue all that, but it doesn't matter. You can argue anything you want. It's still only going to go up 20 bucks. That's it. 888-99-CHART is our number. We have a good deal of voice bank questions on file. So let's keep going. This question came in earlier from Denver. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Mick from Denver. I recently switched jobs and am in the process of moving my 401k funds from old employer to new. The question is, with recent ups and downs in the market, would you recommend to put all my funds right away in the market or you recommend dollar cost average? If you recommend dollar cost averaging over a certain period of time, what would be an estimated timeline if you can share that information? We are talking about approximately seventy-five to 100000 in the total funds. Thank you so much, Steve and Justin. Looking forward to getting an answer. Bye. Uh, yes, I would. I recommend dollar-cost averaging, and I would make sure I have all that money invested by the end of the year. That's what I would do. Um, because, as I told you, and I had stats out uh, last week, about the difference uh, between uh, the first after a presidential election that the market the first six months goes up on average about six percent okay uh, so I, I you know the the tech stocks about three percent six percent overall market tech stocks three percent which is surprising you would think the tech would drive the overall market but it's not and also in this this cycle because both Presidential candidates are going to be spending big bucks. They're going to they don't don't agree with it now, but they're going to. So you know they they they're that extra one and a half to three trillion dollars flooding into the system is going to work. I also because I believe we will have a vaccine, economy is going to start get pretty hot. So I want you to be in the market in those situations. So pretty fast. Uh, you know, you can also roll that into an IRA, an old 401k into an IRA, invest it that way. You don't have to roll it into your current 401k. You can, but not something I usually recommend. I'd like to see it go into IRA because you have more freedom of choice. Let's go to Sammy in San Francisco. He wants to talk about airline. How you doing, Sammy? Uh, doing well. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a question for um, uh, Southwest Airlines. Yes. What would be a good entry point? Uh, I've been actually tracking both Southwest and Delta. I would like to get a view on maybe Southwest for today. Okay. Well, the 200-day moving average is right where it is today, just just about $39. So it's at 39.13. Uh, it broke above that 200-day moving average in September, fell down, then it's coming back to 200 and just broke above it a couple, three days ago. So I think this is a good price point to get in. There's resistance at $40, $42, I should say. $42 is $42.50, if you want to be really technical, is the next resistance level. But, uh, again, this is, a, this is Southwest, everybody, airlines. Everybody know who they are, you know, an airline. And, of course, they're going to lose $6.73 this year, but they're going to make $0.51 cents last year. Before COVID, they were making $4 plus per year the last two or three years per share. It's a $39 stock. So this is all, Sammy, based on what's going to happen. And what's going to happen is the airlines are going to probably come back. And I think the government is probably going to give them another bailout. So if all those things are true, I think this is a good price to get in at right here. Okay? 
Thanks for the call, Sammy. That was L-U-V as a symbol, Southwest Airlines, everybody. Okay, no reason to slow down. Let's go ahead and take another voice paint question. Hello. So my question is, an ETF, I have a ticker MJ. It's a marijuana ETF, and I have that comprised of about 10% of my portfolio, and overall I'm down roughly about 20 to 30%. I was wondering what your thoughts were on, you know, it seems to have dipped uh, quite significantly, and I thought about possibly averaging down. You know, it's a small part of my portfolio, and I look at it as a really long-term play, so just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that, and uh, thank you. Well, you mentioned it was about 10% of your portfolio. That's a pretty big percentage. Don't think it's small. It's not. MJ, everybody, is an ETF. Alternative Harvest, ETF-seeking investment results corresponding to the Prime Alternative Harvest Index. Um, so it's tracking an index, and it's a question of, of, of what do you think of the cannabis sector. And I think it's going to grow. I think if tra- doing buying an index is better than trying to pick an individual stock because it's more difficult. Um, it, it bottomed around $10 or so. It's now 1162 it was in the $17, $18 range pre-COVID. Um, and I just think, I, I don't think you should dollar cost average. I think you have too much of a position as it is. Uh, I would probably start cutting my position, get it down to 5%. That's what I would do. It's a high-risk play in this sector. And, you know, I, I, just, don't, I just don't think that, and even if you think long-term, still, you don't want to, expose too much of your money into any one thing. Think of what you did now. It's 10% of your portfolio, and it's gone down. So, you know, you don't want to be in that position. Thanks for the call. appreciate it. Let's go to Jake in Salt Lake City. He wants to talk about Boeing. How you doing, Jake? What's going on? Yeah, I've got a question about Boeing. I know they're, uh, they've been uh, taking a lot of debt recently, and... Uh, just looking at them as a long-term play, uh, thinking about getting in at around 155. I was just wondering what you guys thought about, uh, you know, buying fear, you know, selling greed later on down the road once they get back up and going after hopefully COVID and the 737 stuff passes. Yeah, Boeing's not going anywhere. I mean, there there's only two major airline makers in the world, Airbus and Boeing. And Boeing has a lot more than just, they have military aircraft, missiles, information communication systems, and, of course, commercial airlines. So it is going to come back. And it, it just, you know what it is, Jake? How long do you want to wait? I, it, before COVID, there was trading in $300, $320, $340 in that range. And here is at 162 Well, it's at 162 because earnings going from $16 down to losing $3.47. They're going to lose $9.23 this year and then turn around next year to four, about 4 bucks a share. So that just on those numbers, it's pretty expensive, $162 stock. But I think eventually they'll get back to their $16 and $20 a share, you know, $16 a share earnings. They'll get back to that. might take several years, and I think it'll get back to the $300 range. So it's really how long are you willing to wait? And I think your idea of trying to pick it up about 155 is a good one. So I like I like I like it as a long-term play. It's not as risky as it sounds because of it's only two airlines. You know the government's going to support it if something happens. You know it will. 
So I think yeah. it's a good look. I mean, this would be like a this would be about a ten year play, and I mean, if you yeah. look at their past return on equity, it's yeah, ten, twenty, thirty, forty percent. It's pretty yeah. amazing. So yeah, so yeah, I think it's a good long term play. I really do, Jake. I take the risk. I, I I think it's a good risk to take. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Good luck with it. Hope it works. And if they go down to zero, don't call me up and yell at me over the phone, over the airways. <laughs> you know, but it's not. It really is not. It, it's not that kind of company. That... 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, everybody. Uh, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, you know we have one goal here. It's always the same goal. I want to help you achieve financial freedom. That means you get to decide whether you want to work or not. Right? That's what financial freedom is, giving you the freedom to make that decision. And of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free Invest Talk Insider program on investtalk.com. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, you've come to the right place, Invest Talk, and Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Thanks for helping the little guy. I'm a 67-year-old from Illinois, two-year listener, new to investing. I have a question about D, P, Z, Domino's Pizza. I'm thinking about selling my 100 shares. I want to know if its fundamentals are still good and if you think I should sell it. Thank you. Bye. The fundamentals are good, and this is Domino's Pizza, everybody. Franchise operates 17,000 pizza delivery, carryout, restaurants in over 90 markets. And they've done very well with their competitors, you know, other pizza delivery places because of COVID. So they've done very well, and I think your 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 thinking is correct. Is the more you probably should be thinking of taking profits here rather than buying more. This is her thinking is taking profits after it's run up. Remember how many calls I get when people want to buy a stock after it's run up? They want to buy it. She wants to take profits after it run up. That is the proper thinking. Now. Maybe you don't want to sell all your shares because the fundamentals still are good. They're going to make $12.91 a share, but it's a $407 stock. It's not cheap. It's expensive now. And I think all that good news is probably built into the profit. It had a very good day today, up almost 4%. Okay. Um, so it might be time to just take some off the top. You know, maybe half. And then... Because it does have good fundamentals. It's still growing. It grew at the most recent quarter, 18%. But before that, it was growing 4 and 5 6% per quarter. And, of course, as soon as the COVID hit, June quarter up 
13% growth in sales, and then September quarter up 18% growth in sales, and I'm sure they're going to have a, a strong quarter here again. So, um, anyways, that's what I would do with uh, Domino's. Good thinking. I, I really like that. I'm, that tells me that maybe I'm getting through there. <laughs> Don't let greed control you, and that's what you're doing. You're letting greed, uh, let you're taking control, not let greed say, oh, it's gone up, it's going to go up more, oh, good. No, no, there's, you know, it's run up based on what's happened to COVID, therefore, maybe take some profits. Okay, sectors likely to have very good earnings, because we're in earnings season now, for the third quarter. And they're the tech sector, the digital media sector, the e-commerce internet sector, uh, cloud computing. There's going to be a very good run and continued growth in these type of sectors. And, of course, the ones that are suffering are going to continue to suffer, and that is going to be airlines and hotels, uh, entertainment, restaurants, I mean, all you do is look at Vegas. Look at downtown New York. You know, they're, these, they're, I, I saw a picture the other night of, of Times Square, and I was there probably a year ago. And at night, around 9, 10 o'clock at night, it was packed with people. This was dusk, and there's hardly anybody on in Times Square. So, you know, the, the COVID is still having a, a severe impact. So there's a as I mentioned before, there's a kind of a bifurcating in what companies are, and industries are going to do well and what are going to do terrible. So they're going down, others are going up. It doesn't mean you don't find good stocks in those industries that are going down, good companies. You know, we talked about Boeing earlier. And I, I, I kind of like that. I think it, they'll survive. I'm not a big airline person, and I don't like, you know, I don't like the airline business, generally speaking. But, you know, they're not, they're not going to disappear. Some of them might, you know, that are very weak and were very weak before COVID, but not all of them. Did you see Apple coming out with four new phones, four new phones, raising in, ranging in size from 5.4 inches to 6.1 inches to 6.7 inches? The current largest phone is 6.5, so they're going up another two-tenths of a cent there. So it's going up a little bit. Bigger's are going to be bigger. The biggest one's going to be bigger. Just thought I'd let you know. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investop program. I will return tomorrow. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived, archived Investop podcasts. They're all free, free downloads. Uh, you can do it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. And remember, we also stream the program live. Stream it live weekdays, 4 to 5 Pacific time at investtalk.com. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. 
For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 